Welcome to the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. As you can tell, we are not JC, Nathan, and Brian. We are Shanna Densmore and Kristen Hargis from the Grow in Grace podcast, and we are taking over the RFP this week. Kristen, how are you? Hostile takeover. We have done, we have finally succeeded in what we set out to do and take over the RFP. It is now ours. No, that's what, just kidding. <laughs> that's what women in churches everywhere are doing, right? Oh no. Shots fired. Oh, no. <laughs> no, we're super excited to be able to um give the guys their sabbatical or their time off, some well-deserved time off. I know they work really hard in producing the podcast. Um, and so it's really good to see them take some time off and to be able to take some time for themselves and their families. So we're really excited to be able to step in and help out where we can being the newest podcast to the network. Um, We've enjoyed our time so far. And so we're really excited for the rest of the RFP fam to get to know us a little bit and maybe our personalities. And if you guys like what you hear, you can always find us at growing grace podcast. So yeah, we're, we're privileged to do this. (laughs) Yeah, we're, we are, we are really excited and you know what I'm really excited about? We, this all, this all kind of came about from the RFP meetup in bourbon. It really did. It It really did. But you and I like took a little girl's trip to a creepy cabin in the woods. (sighs) Every time I will never not talk about it. I'm not going to live (laughs) this down. It's fine. It was I, but perfectly fine. We could have, and no one would have known, um, but it was really sweet to get to meet everyone and worship with everyone. And, um, I got to share my story and I think just the Lord just kind of used a lot of that to bring about what growing grace is now. Um, and I'm so thankful and I'm really excited to get to do this all over again. So yeah, November 4th and 5th, where are we going, Kristen? We are in Danville, Virginia at Danville Hope Church. Yep. And it's going to be a really great time. There is such a good lineup of speakers and music mm-hmm. and the president, the current president of the college where we met and went to yeah. school at Mark Milioni is one of the speakers. And that'll be fun to be able to connect with him again. We actually, that's where we connected was in Bourbon was we spent yeah. a good long time uh, talking to him and his life and Mm-hmm. It's just, it's going to be a really fun time. Um, I think it's going to be a really beneficial time. Yeah. Not only being able to hear the word preached, um, being able to worship with others, but also just being able to connect with each other. Um, yeah. We are, the RFP fam is from all over the country. And so having the opportunity to be able to connect with people that you might just connect on the Facebook page, or you might just um, see their names pop up every once in a while somewhere, having the opportunity to really be able to connect with them and talk and share stories and laugh and mm-hmm. cry and pray together is going to be amazing. Yeah. I really love the name of it for the sake of the gospel, because that's what this is all about, right? Everything Absolutely. that the RFP has set out to do the network, everything, the heart of it is that it's gospel centered and that we point people back to Christ. And so it's so sweet to, you know, a lot of us have similar upbringings and we can relate with struggles and things, but the goal of it is to all bring it back to the gospel to Christ 
And I, I'm, I am so pumped and it is, I've been to a lot of conferences before and none of them were $50. So yeah, it, they worked really hard to keep it very affordable so that people would be able to come because they know that the trip is going to be, you know, you're going to have to either drive or fly or yeah. whatever that might be. So trying to reduce the cost for the conference itself is amazing. Yeah. Um, $50. $50 a person to register. And we're going to have like the RFP network will be there and we're going to have like a round table discussion and some recordings. And, you know, I think as a woman, I'm really excited about that. Cause I think one of my most favorite things is when brothers and sisters sit and do theology together. And when mm. women are not just told to sit in the audience, like we're invited into these discussions and yeah. our opinions are valued. And I, I'm so pumped for this. So registration opens August 1st. So right around the corner, very, very soon. And it's going to be a fantastic couple of days. So I'm super and pumped hopefully, hopefully you'll be able to get to see your fall foliage and all of that in Virginia, the things that you don't get in Texas, where in it's Texas, 105 still. degrees currently today, 105. And in November, it'll still be really hot. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping for beautiful weather. It's, it's a beautiful 72 right now here in Ohio. So oh I, cannot, I cannot with you. Um, and the guys, they also have one other exciting event coming up yeah. and no one, no one can see my face. I was like, if they could see our face, we went from like super pumped for the, uh, for the gospel conference. And yes. then we're very pumped for all the pastors that get to go on this trip. But we're also yeah. a little salty that we don't get to go because, you know, <laughs> we don't believe in women pastors, whatever. Okay. Um, <laughs> but enough of I mean, our complaining about the fact enough that we that. are not invited okay. to this. Super excited for them to get to do this. Yes. So you have the, uh, they have the Israel trip coming up January 27th through February 4th, pastors only. It is an incredible deal. $2,800, $2,800. I cannot even fathom. I mean, this is like the major bucket list item for me. Like one day right. I I want to do this. And just to think that they are, they're going to get to sail on the sea of Galilee and see where Jesus like performed miracles and taught the sermon on the mountain, arrested and crucified and wrote like, I I'm so jealous. I told them I was kidnapping their wives and we were going to take a trip somewhere. And I'm serious about that. We're going to do that. Are we, are we going to um, create our own Israel trip in 2023, 2024, whenever we can? I think so. Are we going to try to put one together for just women? Women only. Women only. (laughs) We want to see these places too. No, No. but the, as far as I know, the Israel trip, they do still have some spots open. And so even though it does say that the time has passed to be able to register, I believe that they still can register if there are any pastors that would like to go. Yeah. You can go to recoveringfundamentalist.org and all the information is there for you to sign up. So I am really excited. I'm really excited. I know I am to hear a lot of the beautiful things that they're going to get to see and witness. And it's just uh, also fun to also... give them a hard time for not including everyone, but it's fine. It's True. fine. We're, we're not bitter. We're not salty at all about it's it. Fine. <laughs> no, it's fine. 
Well, Kristen, I'm really excited about today's episode because we are going to be talking about something that's really close to my heart, not even just growing up in fundamentalism, but just the church in general. We just don't do a good job of talking about lament, talking about Mm -hmm. suffering, um, how we can bring those things to God and be honest with our feelings. And a friend of mine wrote a book called Embrace Your Life, How to Find Joy When the Life You Have is Not the Life You Hoped For. And she does a beautiful job of laying out lament, the practice of lament. And so that's what we're going to talk to uh, talk about today, because it's not just a women's issue. It's a church no. issue. Yeah. Even though it is three women that are discussing this book and the idea of lament and how it's a practice that we should be doing. It is not solely, obviously just for women. Like you said, it's a spiritual discipline that the church is called to do. And, um, no matter whether you're male or female, um, single, married, have family pastor, where, whatever station of life you are in and season of life that you're in, there are either have been or will be times where you will have to practice lament or where you should practice lament, I guess Mm -hmm. I should say. And just walking through this with Elizabeth, as we were interviewing her and talking and discussing this, it was super helpful for me, just the frame of mind that you go into lament in and how it doesn't necessarily always change things. And a lot of times it doesn't necessarily change the circumstances, but it definitely does change you and Mm -hmm. kind of where you land and where you end up in hope. And so we are really excited to be able to share this interview and have other people be able to hear just the, the discussion that we got to have. Yeah. Elizabeth is a very gifted writer and speaker, and I've learned so much from her. She is just like a deep well of wisdom. Mm -hmm. So we hope that everyone enjoys today's episode with Elizabeth Woodson. So we are so excited today to have a sweet friend of mine on the podcast. Elizabeth Woodson is a Bible teacher who is passionate about equipping believers to understand the rich theological truths of scripture. She's also the author of one of my favorite books, Embrace Your Life, How to Find Joy When the Life You Have is Not the Life You Hope For. Elizabeth, thank you for coming today. Yeah, I am. So excited to be here. So excited to jump into this conversation with y'all. We are going to talk about one of my favorite things today, which I feel like coming up in my background, it, it is something that we don't ever talk about, but I think just overall church, church wide, we don't really talk about it a lot. And that is the practice of lament. My personal story um, and some of my, some of our listeners have already heard this. So I'm going to share it again. We, my husband and I got pregnant with twins, um, about a year into our marriage. And I was told that I'm going to not be able to have kids. So we were just Mm -hmm. like super excited. And I remember I ended up miscarrying both of them Mm -hmm. and it was a very, very, very dark time for me. And I remember really struggling with seeing the goodness of God in that. Mm -hmm. I knew it. I knew the text. I knew it was true. But in the middle of um, suffering and hardship and all the emotional pain that it was together, I was really fighting to believe what I knew was true in those moments. And I remember um, talking to someone in the midst of all of this and just telling them, like, there are times when I'm just on the ground in my bedroom Mm -hmm. yelling and saying, why, why? And I will never, like, this marked my life. I was told 
you need to be really careful with how you do that. Mm -hmm. And, um, you don't want to talk to the God of the universe that way. And I remember saying that's, if that's the case, that's not a God that I want. Mm -hmm. It was a very crisis of the faith for me in that time and learning the practice of lament. And it was really life-changing for me in the last few years. We, my husband has, my husband has lost a parent, um, Mm -hmm. four grandparents, and I've lost two grandparents and I would like five of those were unbelievers and really struggling with that practice of lament and taking these big things to God that I could do that was such a comfort for my soul. So I am really passionate about this and I really want people to be able to know that, you know, he knows you and he sees you and you can talk to him and you, I think you communicate that so beautifully um, in your book. And so I'm really thankful that you're here and that you can kind of walk us through what that looks like and why we need it. So Elizabeth, when we talk about lament, can you just Mm kind of unpack, like, what do we mean when we say lament? Lament, I I like to call it the prayer for the people in the in-between place, uh, Mm -hmm. that it shouldn't be any surprise to anybody that hard things happen in our lives, bad things happen. I would even say evil things happen. The Bible calls evil, evil. And so that we would do the same. And so the question is, what do you do with that? We are a people that God has given emotions to, that we are not numb to the things that happen. We might try to numb ourselves through the profound amount of coping mechanisms that are available to us, but we all have this, this, this nagging sensation, if anything, that something's really wrong and I don't know what to do with it. And so what I love about scripture is that it's a model for us, right? It's that we see the people of God, in particular Israel through the Old Testament, as they live as a people of God. And we see them go through some really painful situations, like just really painful. And the habit we see them practice over and over again are these prayers of lament and really these prayers of sadness and grief and anger and frustration, but the words they speak to God. Um, within itself, you know, that if it's included in our Bible, then it's useful for us. And what we see is, well, these people are saying some really honest things to God. Uh, David, at times it can feel like he's yelling at the top of his lungs, <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. you forgot me, you're not here, you're not keeping your promises. Yeah. And I think all of us know what that feels like to believe God, mm-hmm. if you're good, why do good things, bad things happen to good people? Um, why did you allow this in my life? Um, I don't want this. Where are you? Mm-hmm. So on and so on and so on. And what lament does is it gives us a place or something to do with the pain, right? Because you, the pain does not disappear. Mm-hmm. Again, we can either take it to God or we'll try to do um, a myriad of coping mechanisms. Um, my favorite is Bluebell ice cream, uh, Rocky Girl. Road something happens in my life. And I just find myself (laughs) in the target aisle at the back of the store (laughs) with the pineapple bluebell ice cream. I don't know how that happens, but it just appears, right? Here we are. It's like, oh my gosh. (laughs) So I think there's, I'm not even going to bother you with that Instagram reference, but (laughs) I just somehow find myself in the the ice cream aisle and my coping mechanism of choice is comfort. Like I just want to comfort myself. I want to give myself a really warm hug. And there's nothing wrong with desiring comfort, right? It's when it becomes the choice over God. And Mm -hmm. that's when we step into a place of, okay, I'm making a decision 
that um, I don't need to. And it's also, um, I wanna say there's a lot of grace for whoever's listening. I mean, cause this isn't meant for us to beat ourselves down. I think when we recognize, okay, maybe I'm doing a little too much of something. I'm shopping too much. I'm ignoring things. I get easily angered. Um, I'm yelling at my kids or my family, or I'm just in a corner and just numbed out. That's letting you know, God has something better for you. And so Lord help me find the better. And I believe the better is starts at the place of lament of acknowledging I have pain and doing that acknowledgement with the word. Yeah, I really love that. I think one of the things that I really resonate with is um, in Psalms. I think it's like Psalms 13, Mm -hmm. where he's like, how long, oh Lord, Mm -hmm. will you forget me forever? And I think that's a reality. If you are a follower Mm -hmm. of Jesus Mm -hmm. and you're walking through suffering and you you're going to ask yourself that question. Like when hardship comes, there's days when you wake up and you're like, God, have you forgotten me? Have you hidden your face from me? Mm -hmm. And I think lament is that language that kind of puts it behind. Like you said, like your feelings of, Hey, you get emotions are a gift. Like I have them and I'm real. (laughs) And I feel like you don't see me. Like, where Mm -hmm. are you? And I think that's so encouraging. And what a gift that that's in the word for us Mm -hmm. to say, like, we're not alone. You know, um, I think, I think of Jesus himself lamenting on the cross in the garden. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, he talked about, he talked to God about his pain and what a great example that like the man of sorrows Mm -hmm. related to us as we are, you know, makes me tear up wanting to talk about it. And why would we not? And why, if, if Jesus did it, why would we not be expected to do it? Um, And it's, it's such a, like you said, I think it's such a foreign thing for us. And I was sitting here trying to think, I'm like, well, why is it such a foreign thing for us? Mm -hmm. Like, why, why do we so much not want to lament or we do turn to those comforts? Why is that? Like, why, how, how have we come so far from that, from where like the children of Israel did practice that? And we just, that's not something we practice. Yeah. I think there are a couple of things that are connected to that. We are the product of the culture we live in. And so the way in which we worship God and we view God is also related to us being Western and American. You know, there's all these big words you can talk about, about the um, time of philosophy we're in, and we don't need to get into that place, but we believe what we believe about God for a reason. And I think our culture doesn't do well with pain, right? I think mm-hmm. our, our Jewish brothers and sisters have just better habits of engaging the holistic nature of who we are as people. And so, you know, pain makes us uncomfortable. Lament makes us uncomfortable. You think about the worship songs we sing in church and rarely do we sit in songs that are sad for a long time. Like we might have like the, the verse that's sad, but a then verse. we're get to the bridge <laughs> and, and, and we're like, yay, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but there actually are a significant amount of prayers of lament in the book of Psalms. And um, so I think part of it is we in our culture just are really uncomfortable with being in pain for extended periods of time. Like we want to get out of it. We want to get away from it. And lament makes you sit in it and face it. And really, honestly, that's, I think, uh, uh, the struggle that a lot of people have is just being honest and facing it and sitting in it a little bit and not wanting to escape it and not sitting as in we're just stirring in it, but just, Lord, I'm going to be present with you. Um, And that's not easy. And I think that that takes a a practice and a shaping by our church culture. Uh, I think also people are fearful that it's not going to do anything. 
mm-hmm. right? Okay, I said this prayer of mine, woo woo woo. <laughs> and then my life's the same. Now what? <laughs> yeah, now. <laughs> now what? Exactly. And lament is not a magic wand, right? It's not that, oh, I pray this prayer and immediately my problems are going to go away. Mm-hmm. But I believe it's this dynamic place of spiritual transformation, right? As believers, yeah. we believe that we don't walk the journey of faith alone, that the Holy Spirit is present in that with us. And I believe like other spiritual disciplines that we are called to practice, it is transformative. It reminds us of truth. Uh, it reminds us of God's character. It is a place of hope um, because we're not praying to ourselves or praying to the God of the universe who changes things. Um, now that change might not come in the time we want it to, but he does and is doing a work. Um, and so we're just fearful that I'm going to do this. I'm going to sit here and nothing's going to happen. And really it is And a huge reason why we as believers need to know our Bibles is to remember the promises of God, the promises he's made and the promises that he hasn't made. Because sometimes we can listen to people and believe God has said things and he hasn't said those things. He has not said we will not struggle. What he has said is he will be with us in the struggle. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we have discomfort. We have fear. We also have anger. Sometimes you're just really angry and we might believe that it is dishonoring if I talk to God with the really big emotions I have. Yes. But here's yes. the thing. God already knows what you're thinking. Uh, <laughs> and so you're not hiding from him. And you, it is, again, in the way that we are made um, in our physiologic physiology, your emotions, they're not going to go anywhere. And we mm. see a model in scripture of God's people sharing the big, big, big emotions. Uh, uh, Psalm 13, we talked about it before of David and he says some really strong things, but that's not where he ends. And so that's the thing about lament is it's not that we start with our anger and frustration, but we end with hope in God. But you can't get to the hope if you're not honest about the anger. Um, Anger is not bad. Anger done in sin is what scripture talks about. And that sin leads us away from a place we are seeking to honor God and lament helps us say, God, I got this stuff and I need you to help me with it, but I'm going to tell you what it is. In the midst of that, I'm going to remind myself that you're good and you're gracious and you're kind and you're faithful and that you can and will do something. Lord, help me. Yeah. Um, and so it is that we trust that it, even though it's uncomfortable, it's a good place. Even though we might be fearful, God is bigger than our fears. And even though we might be angry, God can handle our anger because he yeah. is in control of all things. And I think if we can get past those issues, we can be in a place where we are comfortable with engaging in lament. I love that. One of the things you said in your book that I highlighted and like (laughs) marked little asterisks aside was you said whole chapter chapter, um, is that God is not afraid of your anger, nor will you dishonor him by bringing it to him. And back to my story at the beginning, that's exactly how I felt. And one thing I would like for you maybe to touch on a little bit before we get into like, what does lament look like? You know, um, the practice of it. I, I think something that we have as the current believers, like in the church today is that we have this idea, not only can we not bring the hard things to God, but we're just complaining. That's mm-hmm. all we're doing is we're just going to him and complaining. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's important to kind of tease out um, when our complaints are good and when mm-hmm. it is, you, you said something that's like from a sinful place. Mm-hmm. Could you maybe talk, tease that out a little bit of like, what's the difference? Yeah. You know, I think um, one, I believe it's the amount of times that you're, you're talking about something. Right. Mm-hmm. And so there's this initial time 
or maybe the first few times where you are really trying to process through something, you're trying to express it, you know, you might say verbally, you might journal it out. Uh, and so you're just really honest about this is hard and this is difficult. Uh, the, the good thing about the Holy Spirit is that he's present with us in the process. And so asking the Holy yeah. Spirit to reveal where are my expectations about life? Just unreasonable. You know, I might've expected mm-hmm. this thing to happen or expected this person to marry me. You know, I think about myself as a single, never married and growing up in church was given the expectation that if I check all these boxes, I pray all these prayers, I serve great, then my husband's going to come. And it's not true. <laughs> and, come, and come when you were like 22 or 23, right? Exactly. Like come at a young age where they come you at a young just- age live the rest of your life, have the babies and have all the family and great. And yep. yep. And then when you find yourself not there, it throws <laughs> you for a tailspin, right? <laughs> it throws you for a tailspin and that produces frustration and anger. Mm-hmm. And in the process, if we're allow God to be honest with us, Psalm 139, search my heart. Oh God, you know, and, and lead me in the way everlasting. You find something funky, lead me in the right way. Mm-hmm. Is that God, you actually never promised me marriage. Um, you promised me a good life. You promised me joy and and an abundant life, but you never promised me a husband. Mm -hmm. And so Lord adjust my expectations, but there's still pain. And so that I deal with the pain, but complaining is when Lord, I deserve this. You haven't given me Mm -hmm. this, um, Lord, um, you know, we keep our prayers, keep showing up with the same thing or it's somebody else's fault right? That we spend our time just blaming other people. Um, and really we're not seeking to move forward. And that's a, I think the, the, it's a tender space and it's a, a tender kind of line between showing up with the fullness of our emotions and this place in which we fall over into complaining, but that our motivation and heart posture is I want to get to a place where I can honor and glorify God, no matter what, that my hands are open, that what I'm coming to him with he may not say he's going to change. Mm-hmm. Um, that to me is a place of appropriate love, man. Complaining is give me what I want. You should give me what I want. And I imagine I give me what I want. Um, and that shows, I believe shows up over time um, in what we're talking about that we should, the Lord is sovereign and that we would want his way over our way, even when that's really, really hard. I was going to say that can be a really hard place to get to, Mm -hmm. right. To be, to go and say, okay, God, like I'm going to come to you with this with open hands and say, this is hard. Like, I don't want to walk this road. I, this is not the road I would have chosen for myself, but as we talked about last, you know, episode, God's goodness in your Mm -hmm. goodness, you have deemed that this is the road that I am walking. Um, so I have to trust that this is what's best for me right now. But that's a hard thing to get to, hard to thing. get to and say, okay, God, like here it is. And, yeah. and not because we think so transactionally, like right. if I come to you and do this product of the way we were raised a lot of times, mm-hmm. if I come to you with this, I've mm-hmm. done that. I've checked this box off. I've lamented now change it. Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. And so it's, it's a, it's a, it's a hard thing to be able yep. to get to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also think just you know, with me, the way I grew up in fundamentalism, a lot of times when things like this would happen, you would think it's like a result of sin or something that, so that's just your whole view of God, like this Mm -hmm. suffering that I'm experiencing or this grief that I feel or the longing, the unmet expectations that I feel, um, isn't always a result 
of mm-hmm. sin in your life. It's mm-hmm. a broken world that we live in. Right. And the good news is that one day he's going to make all things new. Right. Exactly. Um, and that's so encouraging. I think one thing I, I do want to talk about before we get into uh, hope, because we're going to sit in this lament for a second. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think in general, I, I said this earlier, I don't think the church has a very good, like, I don't want to say that has a well-developed, let's use proper English, Shanna, uh, mm-hmm. theology of suffering. <laughs> um, you know, and I think a lot of times the church can be a very lonely place yeah. for those who are hurting. You know, mm-hmm. I think how many times I've been really struggling and I've had like the really, just like the dark night of the soul. Mm-hmm. And I walk into church and it's like, how are you? And I'm like, I'm great. How are you? And, you know, yeah. inside I'm like, I am, I am really broken right now. Mm. Um, could you maybe speak to that? And I think just be like, we can be real with God, mm-hmm. but being real with others, the need for community where it's a place where it's okay to not be okay. And that you're met there, not only by the Holy spirit, but you're met there by, by people. I think we try to, especially as women, we try to walk this alone and we Mm -hmm. just, I'm just going to bottle it up. Um, and maybe just the importance of community, community coming alongside us. You and God's good design. We don't function well by ourselves. Um, and I know that there are some women who might be listening who have extenuating circumstances where community is just really hard for you. Um, and that's real because community is also difficult to find and people that are trustworthy and that you can share your life with. Um, but if there's someone who is good and faithful and wise, that you would help allow them to help carry your burdens because it, you just, it's, it's too much. Um, and you just need a place where you don't have to be strong for anybody. You don't need to be strong. You can, you can just be, and whether it is a ministry of presence, because all the time, um, we don't need the, um, a list of Bible verses and, or a list of do these four steps and you can fix it. You just need to be able to cry with someone and someone to cry with you. Um, and there is something hugely therapeutic about just weeping, together with God's people, uh, or just being silent with God's people or praying with God's people. Uh, because sometimes you need somebody to help carry you a little bit of the road and that's okay. And that's really a part of our human design. And so I always encourage people to go and find good community. You just need one good person. You'll need 15 people. (laughs) You need one person who's going to pray for you. And the hard part again is using wisdom about, and if I share what's really going on in my life, are they going to look mm-hmm. at me differently? Are mm-hmm. they going to reject me? Um, are they going to tell somebody, you know, well, the whole church is going to know about my business or the whole community or the school, you know, or my kid's school. That's is a or real whatever. thing, friend. Yeah. That's a real thing. Mm-hmm. And so it just is that it's this coupling of prayer. Holy Spirit sent me to the right person, um, you know, wisdom and how we share and how much we share and trust is something that's built over time. So there are also people who will kind of demand all your stuff. And it's like, you don't have to tell anybody all your business um, that you yeah. would trust is built over time. That's what I will mm-hmm. say um, mm-hmm. in the wisdom process of finding community. But that if you have good people who have said, hey, you know, what's going on? And you know that they're trustworthy, share your stuff um, mm-hmm. because it will transform your journey through suffering when you don't journey by yourself. Yeah, that's so good. And you said something that, I had never heard of in the church that I grew up in. That was the ministry of presence. Mm -hmm. We, 
immediately. I remember when I was, when I was suffering and I'm trying to be careful with how I say this because I want like God's word is true. And Mm -hmm. we, we say this all the time. We will shout it in the good times. We can whisper it in the hard times. Mm -hmm. Um, But sometimes it's not helpful (laughs) for someone to come over. You know, I know it. Like I said earlier, I know it. um, I know it in my head. I know it in my heart. I don't feel it in the moment. And sometimes just sitting, just sitting and meeting them in that space um, is so incredibly helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really glad that you, that you touched on that. Cause I didn't even know what that was. And I think yeah. sometimes that's the best thing that we can do is just that's sit right. with them. Sit that's with the them. Best. We show up in good community for other people, right? So we become the person that we would hope someone would be for us. Now it's not a guarantee, um, but it helps us know again, how to communicate to our friends. Hey, this is what I need in this season. And so mm-hmm. You know, we can, you've said it before, we can tell people this happened because you did something bad. Uh, We can dismiss people's pain. We can, you know, Romans 8, 28 is my favorite verse not to use (laughs) on the immediate (laughs) place of people suffering. It is true. It is true. It's true. Timing is everything. It's a process to get there, right? That's not the first thing you come out with. (laughs) That's not the first thing, you know. A good meal. This is what my uh, my church has taught me. A good meal and a good hug go a long way. Mm-hmm. And showing up at somebody's door with some food and you want to sit with them and listen to them is mm-hmm. a huge, powerful ministry. And I've received yeah. it. I've been blessed to give it. And I think that that can be a good place to be starting with people to allow them to show us the support they need mm-hmm. instead of trying to fix their problems. Yeah. And I think something that you said earlier about like, there are people in a season where they just don't have community or they're, they're yeah. just, you know, it just, I would love to encourage those people though, that it is worth pursuing. <laughs> like yeah. it is, it is a hard thing. And I know sometimes it just seems like there's no one, but it is totally worth it. Cause I think, mm-hmm. I know Shannon and I always talk about this, like yeah. there is nothing like having someone, one that knows you yeah. intimately and knows you can almost predict how you're going to respond to something before you even respond to it. I feel like that's the way her and I are. Um, But just someone that has walked with you in that and be able to say, this sucks. (laughs) Like, like, this is, you're, you're almost like kind of in a way, validating those emotions in a way of Mm -hmm. like, yes, this is hard, not dismissing, not saying like, oh, well, you know, it's all going to work out. Trust God, Christian. Trust God, trust God. Yeah. And there are yeah. times to be able to remind that, right? Like there are times Shanna has said that and I'm like, I don't want to hear that right now, <laughs> but it's what I needed to hear. Like yeah. it, it mm-hmm. wasn't in a, like a, a flippant way, but in a, like you, you can trust God mm-hmm. and you can well, trust God yeah. with these feelings and you can trust or, God with this. Yeah. Or it's, Hey, Kristen, like, what do you remember to be true about God mm-hmm. in those dark things and making you repeat that sometimes to yourself. And you've done it to me too. I'm not goes both ways here, no, sister. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it is just like acknowledging that there is pain and suffering. Yeah. Um, and I, it's so, it's so beautiful. There is something you said something in your book that the fruit of lament is hope. Mm-hmm. And I read before that like lament is the pathway from heartbreak to hope. So it's like that in between space. Mm-hmm. Can you talk to us a little bit about how hope is the fruit of lament? You only pray to God because you believe you can do something. Like you're not praying to someone who is not active, is kind of looking in on your life. It's like, man, that sucks. I hope you work it out. Like that's not what he's mm-hmm. doing. 
Um, we believe because of scripture that God is always at work to redeem the broken things. And um, yeah. again, the timeline and methods of his redemption aren't always clear to us, you know, outside of this, this work of salvation he does through Jesus Christ. But we believe that God cares and he's at work. And that gives us mm. hope because that means, God, you haven't forgotten me. You haven't abandoned me and you will do something. And so give me eyes for the something. Mm -hmm. um, and that little spark of hope carries you a long way. Because again, I think lament, it, the pain, it, it clouds our vision and for good reason, right? It's, it's, yeah. it's hard and it's heavy. But I believe that the goodness of the Lord is being deposited into our life every day in the smallest things and the biggest things. And so lament is also this process of which I believe God transforms our vision to see the ways in which he is blessing. And if he's blessing, then he will continue to bless. Um, and again, it's not always what we would want in the form we want it in, but it is, I serve a God who is present in my life and he's doing things and he will do something in a situation I've seen him to be faithful before and he will be faithful again. He is faithful right now. And that to me is a place of hope. Something is going to happen. Um, and like our Christian faith gives us that because ultimately our hope is in an eternity in which all of these hard and broken and evil things don't exist. And we live in, in beauty and, and, and um, communion with our God. And that is an ultimate hope we rest in, but there's also present hope. There's future hope, present hope. But I be, believe because lament reminds us of the character of God, makes us reflect on the things that he has done and gives us a place to kind of have this cleansing of sorts to get it out that we sit in. Okay, this is who my God is. This is what he's going to do. Let me wait with hope on him. Yeah, I think hope is so important because you, you said there is hope that, he could change our situations, mm -hmm. but he also might not, but he will give us, I mean, we have himself like grace to sustain us. Right. And in your book, you talk about how longing, I mean, you go through this beautiful, I'm gonna let you talk about your book in just a second. Cause I really want everyone to read this because I want people to know that there is joy. Mm -hmm. There is joy that is found when your life isn't what you thought it would be. Mm -hmm. So can you kind of talk about your heart? I love how one of my favorite things about this book is just how vulnerable you are in it. Mm -hmm. And you're, you're writing from a, from a place of like, I, I have, I am, I've been through this and I am in this, you know? Mm -hmm. So can you kind of talk about, um, just kind of your heart behind this book? Yeah. The book uh, is called embrace your life, how to find joy when the life you have is not the life you hope for. And the moment when you are like, this is not what I signed up for. I don't want this. I'll take anything else, <laughs> you know? And I wanted to write a book for people who were carrying things they've been carrying for a long time, All right? So it's not that, okay, it'll get better next week or it'll get better in a month. It may not get better for a decade. Um, yeah. You know, so what do we give people? And, and my work in ministry I worked for two different churches uh, in the Dallas area, not at the same time. <laughs> um, <laughs> just I would tell people time. that they're like, you work at two churches at the same time? I'm like, no. no. <laughs> tell the story differently. Uh, I've talked to a lot of people who are just, and I've loved it, you know, to walk with people through just hard seasons. And I've seen two groups of people. And there's a group of people who they're carrying chronic illnesses, difficulties in their marriage, you know, single, married, financial struggles, a whole gamut, 
or life's just disappointing, right? Sometimes it's not big. Sometimes it's just small. Like I don't have great friends and I just moved to this place and I don't know anybody and I wish I knew somebody. Um, and there are people who in the midst of it, they would just choose to thrive. Like they would just fight to show up and to live. It doesn't mean the seasons were great all the time, but you could see this constant stream of they want to move forward in their life, even though moving forward means they kind of carry this luggage of stuff with them. But then mm-hmm. there are the people who got stuck and it was all they talked about. They couldn't move forward. Like I saw miss opportunities, can't engage in new relationships, really not be fruitful at all because it's just this, this constant record they play over and over again. Mm-hmm. And that mirrored with my own life, trying to figure out again, it's not a book about singleness, but singleness is a really strong illustration of the longing that people have. Uh, How do I live vibrantly? Like not just limp along, but I'm going to be holding on with joy and excitement Mm. to life God has given me. And that's why I wrote the book because I want to help people thrive. And I don't want to give people sugary, sweet answers. I don't want to tell you it's going to change because it might not, but joy is possible. Mm -hmm. And the only reason joy is possible is because of Jesus. And so I wanted a book that no matter the season, people could pull it off the shelf and say, okay, I don't want this, but how can I find joy with it? Yeah. And I think you did a beautiful job. Cause I mean, I'm, I am married and I've read mm-hmm. this twice already. <laughs> um, like it is so beautiful and it hits me differently than it would hit Kristen as a mm-hmm. single woman, you know? Mm-hmm. I, and then, and then, and then let me tell you this. And then I read it twice. Cause I read it uh, like digitally for mm-hmm. your launch. And then I got it and, and I read it and like highlighted the whole book. And then sister, because I want you to record a Bible. I'm like waiting for you to record like this <laughs> Bible thing, like for someone. So I can like listen to your voice. So I got it. Also, my husband's like, you did not just also buy that an audiobook. I was like, but it hits different when she reads it. <laughs> I appreciate your support. I do. I, like, I really do. It's like number one support. <laughs> <laughs> it hits different. Um, but yeah, I just I wanted uh I wanted you to be able to just kind of speak into that because it is it, it truly is a very beautiful, vulnerable, encouraging book. I want them, they can go wherever books are sold, right? I've seen yep. it. I've seen it, girlfriend. Yep. I've seen There's it. Something. The in bookstore, the I'm like, look at her in the wild. That's what I say. I've seen it in the wild. And yeah, if you want to hear more from Elizabeth, because she is just a wealth of knowledge, Elizabeth, truly, I've learned a lot from you and I'm so grateful for your ministry, but you can find her at um, elizabethwoodson.org or Instagram get her truth. <laughs> I would encourage people to go to elizabethwoodson.org though and sign up for your emails because I get them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm so encouraged by that. So oh, thank you. hey, thanks. Thank you for being on here. Thank you so much. I thanks cannot wait. Me. I can't wait to for to like unpack this spiritual discipline for, for people and that it's okay to not be yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, I read once that to cry is human, but to lament is Christian. Thank you, friend. Mm-hmm.